I'm Athean Seven, and you are listening to the NFL Championship Weekend edition of And the Winner Is Podcast, presented by Athean, the Omni Athlete League. Visit Atheon.org or Instagram at hashtag WeAreAtheon for more information. If new, this is my NFL prediction show, where I give you my thoughts and perspectives on both what happened last weekend and predict what will happen in the upcoming weekend. And guess what? We are now down to just four teams left. Bengals at Chiefs, 49ers at Eagles. But before we continue, just a reminder that if you plan to use any of this information for any purpose, do so at your own risk. Also, before jumping into the championship games, let's discuss the overall seasons that the losers from last weekend had, starting with the Giants which I you know, emphatically give them a score of an A because ultimately they couldn't. I know that ultimately it didn't feel good to lose and to go out the way that they did. That's always painful, but make no mistake about it. They had an incredible season, right? They should feel proud of everything they, that they accomplished, both the coaching staff and the players. They have momentum carry go, going into next season. They have a lot of options to work with. And if I had to, you know, look into my Magic 8-Ball, I would, I would say that odds are they're going to be an even more talented team going into the 2023-2024 season. And I would not be surprised if they challenge the Eagles for the division. Now, can they? Don't know. The thing that is interesting about this team is is that they are a great collective unit, but they definitely need to gain a little bit more skill in certain positions in order for them to truly compete because they're well-coached well-mannered, they have a great uh, identity, right? Check, 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 check. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, look, it's a talent-driven league. You have to be able to outmatch your opponent in certain skill positions in order to make a dent into winning against your opponent. So they are going to need to figure that out. And obviously, it will be very fascinating to determine what they do with Jones the quarterback, because if you keep him, the pro is is that if ultimately he doesn't ask for much, right, then you could go the route, the strategy of building the team so that way, you know, basically to use your resources to be able to continuously build the rest of the team and build around him. But it's, you know, obviously it's dangerous. It is a quarterback league after all. Now, thankfully for them, and not to say that that's the case in their own division, given the fact that Hurts, the Eagles, is in there. But generally speaking, there's not as it's not as top-heavy or just heavy uh, uh, quarterback skill as there is it is on the AFC side. So they definitely have some wiggle room 
to work with, and I definitely think it would be an option for them to consider. But regardless, New York should rejoice for the incredible season that they had. Cannot underestimate how amazing it was what they accomplished. On to the Jags. The Jags also emphatically should get an a, a rating of an A. I would even go so far as to almost say that they actually should get an A+. And the reason is because not only did they uh, over, you know, outpace and get ahead of themselves and, you know, carry momentum a lot faster than was expected. I mean, I think that they were in a year earlier than, than schedule, to be honest, with, with, you know, how effective that they were in being able to elevate, uh, you know, their, their status as being the team now to beat and their own division and really, you know, challenging some of the, some of the strongest teams, you know, in the AFC, ultimately coming up short to the Chiefs and sure, if you're the Chiefs, you're going to look at it like, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Okay, I don't know if you really can say that. Because first of all, when Henny came in, like, they, he had that long 98-yard uh, you know, touchdown drive that really was the difference in the game. And that was without Mahomes, right? And then, you know, Mahomes comes back and, you know, still completed at a high rate. And yeah, he wasn't as his usual athletic himself, but he still was dangerous. And the fact that Jacksonville still had a chance to win the game. Remember, if, they, if that fumble doesn't happen, we're looking at a very close game, right? Who knows what would have happened? But it doesn't change the fact that, you know, the Jags consistently just keep fighting. You know, this is a team that's going to be scrappy for the next, you know, at least, you know, three to uh, four years at bare minimum, right? Like because of just the, the way that the contracts work and, and the players that they have. And let's also not forget that they're going to be getting a huge lift up with Ridley coming back for next year. So this team really has momentum going in. And I would not be surprised if they are able to you know, maybe make an upset, right, in, in the playoffs. They might be able to, because they have the, you know, the right, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, having Lawrence uh, and, and the rest of the players, like they have enough, you know, uh, players in skill and in, in the key uh, positions to really potentially challenge the likes of the Bengals, the Chiefs, and, and the Bills and so forth. Like this is... This is this is easily you know one of the top you know five teams in, in the AFC and and I would not be surprised if they're able to carry this in. I mean that's that's the key. The key with both the Giants and the Jets and the Jags are being able to carry the, the the momentum. That's the that's their that's really all they have to do. They accomplished a season you know as well as they could have. Now it's about just maintaining it and moving forward. In the case with the Jags, they're even getting that extra um, you know, lift. So they're in a really good position. I, I'd be very tempted to say A-plus, actually. Because uh, really, what, what could you possibly really have asked for more to have, to have happened? So kudos. On the other hand, the Cowboys. I would say that um, I would give them a B-plus. And ultimately, the reason why is because 
you know, you can't, you can't, uh, we can't go lower because look, they made it to the division round in the playoffs. That that in itself is a win. Look, you, you can you can say whatever you want to, but at the end of the day, making it that far is a is a win in the NFL, no matter what, right? Now, in a case with them, they're in position though where this really was the sweet spot. This year, they really needed to to you know to to carry through because it's going to get harder and harder from here on out. And if I'm them, I'd find a way to cut loose with, with Prescott. Look, Dak is, you know, he's a great guy uh, and he's a solid player, but at the end of the day, with how much you are paying him, you're not getting enough in return. It's really just that simple. I mean, there's only so much that he can do. He's not a great He's not he's not a great quarterback. He may be a starter in the NFL, but he is not a top 15 quarterback. He's just not. And in this league, you need that in order to, you know, break break through. And coupled with the fact that it's going to be hard, you know, to to keep everybody uh and it's just, you know, that's the thing. It's like it's really fascinating with when you look at the stats and the history of the league and, you know, outside of a few outliers, most of the time you'll find that most Super Bowls are won with like, for example, uh, like players that you get early enough before you go on to the mega contracts. So this way you can have a, a, a strong enough team because you can divide and conquer your allocations, you know, towards uh, a number of them in order to have a balanced team. And this this team at Dallas, they had a lot going for them, right? Did they have enough to go all the way? Probably not, but it doesn't change the fact that there is nowhere up from here. You're going to have, and the only way to really change that is by letting that go. You know, I know that that may not be what, what the some, some Californians want to hear, but it doesn't change the fact that that's the reality. Like, what are you, what are you going to, like, the Giants are now here, right? They're going to challenge you. And we know the Eagles aren't going to go anywhere, right? So that's just your own division, right? You, you need to be able to, you know, change the tides, right? So the time is now. Don't wait. On to, last but not least, the heartbreak. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, I have to be honest. I I got it wrong. You know, I'm I admit when I'm I'm wrong. And let's get let's get to it. Okay. Yeah. Just a reminder for for anybody listening to this for the first time. This was this was my my preseason pick to win it all. And uh, as as. Uh, you know, I, I this was the very first time that I put money on on a bet, um, and it uh, it's painful uh, because it's the first time I, I've I've ever done it. I've I've never done it before. But just real quick backstory context is is that I had been consistently getting the Super Bowl winning winner uh, correct. Uh, I had gotten last year's with uh, uh, the the Rams. Uh, the year before that, with uh, what was it, with the Bucks uh, and so forth, um, 
I, I, I can't believe that, uh, in fact, the ironic twist in all of this is that the last time that I did this poorly in my preseason prediction overall would ironically be the very the, the time that the Philadelphia Eagles would wind up getting to the Super Bowl and beating the New England Patriots. So go figure, because now they're in position to potentially do that, which we'll get to later. Um, but regardless, it doesn't change to the fact that like I I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. I just as confident as I was with the last two years and you know the the year uh when, when Kansas City won, like as as confident as I was those years, I was just as confident going into this year. I truly believed that the Buffalo Bills were going to win this year because of several reasons. I one, I thought it was because of of what the damage that had happened to uh, the in the AFC Championship game of last year, where they lost in you know a heartbreak to Kansas City, and I felt like that was going to carry them all the way through to win it all. I also thought that Josh Allen looked like he was Superman, not just Superman, but basically unstoppable, and particularly in the playoffs. And there was no reason to believe that that was not going to carry on. We also believed that, you know, Doug McDermott is a defensive mind. And even though there was going to be some coaching changes, that we believed that their defense was going to get smarter and better. And and then the addition of Von Miller thought that was going to be, you know, um, uh, an added, an added uh, strength. And just we thinking that they had enough talent, thought that, you know, um, you know, that Gabriel was going to, you know, elevate himself to a true number two. Uh, still had then, you know, Diggs, him and, and, and Knox, and thought that the running game was going to get stronger. And more importantly, thought that they were going to have to have less reliancy on Josh Allen himself. And at the beginning of the season, it looked like it. Remember, the first, the first half of the season, it looked like it was definitely going to be Buffalo. And I mean, if you look back of, of these podcasts every single week, you know, I, I, I emphatically thought, yeah, it's it, like all these other teams are great, but it's the Bills. It's the Bills to lose it. It's they're the best team, period, in the discussion. But I will openly admit now, um, because I didn't at the time, that like I was growing concerns with them. I don't remember exactly when it was, and it was not something that was like just a singular moment. It was more like just during the second half of the season. Uh, it just became like little things here and there where it was starting to really kind of question if this team had it. Now, I chose to pretend to ignore it. And the reason is because you hear me say this all the time on this channel that you know, context is everything, but also like you have to also put into the big picture and realizing that, you know, in the case with the NFL, it's a long season, right? And so it's extremely common. Basically, every single Super Bowl winner always has patches where it does not look like they're a very good team. This happens all the time, right? So that's the reason why you want to hold up off. Same with the Bucks too. I, I held off to the end thinking that they were just going to 
find a way that they were that were basically playing possum intentionally you know until they until they until they needed to and i i thought that the bills were were going to kick it into gear into the playoffs but the very first game against miami i then I, that was when i was officially scared in fact i basically for all intents and purposes knew the writing was on the wall the only, in fact, the only reason why that I chose the Bills, just like pretty much everyone else chose them over uh, the Bengals, was only solely because of the fact that the Bengals were missing their three offensive linemen. And so we thought that that was going to be ultimately the reason, right? Uh, because it's really hard in this league to win, especially a playoff game, with that much damage to your offensive linemen. Now, even I knew that, you know, it wasn't like the, the Bills' offensive line was playing very good either. I mean, they were downright terrible. And in that game, they were, again, downright terrible. In fact, it wound up being that they were the ones that were exposed. And the Bengals' offensive line looked like they were, you know, Hall of Famers. I mean, what the heck was that? Let's just be very clear. What on earth happened? That is unexplainable. What, how did that happen? You know, some of it, sure, coaching, right? But come on, like something that is weird, really, really strange how that ended up happening. But kudos to them. They deserved it. They were fundamentally top to bottom, the better team. Now, just again, staying focused on, on the Bills some more. Uh, it's, uh, I think the... I think a couple of other ways that like I started to see the writing on the wall was the fact that for it would start with the beginning, which is that like, you know, when you started to look at, you know, why there was so much confidence, especially with the first half. Well, it kind of got, you know, changed pretty quickly when like when you started to think about it, like who had they really beaten? Right. Like, I mean, take, for example, the opener with the Rams. We thought at the time that that was like just proof that this was by far the best team, but in many ways, all that really game, all that game really wound up being, was simply the best game that the Bills played all season long. They would actually never perform better than that single game, and even that game actually exposed right off the bat how this season was going to go. Because if there's one thing. Uh, that is the number one reason why they ultimately didn't get any further. It's because the coaching. And, and what I mean by that is, is that uh, essentially Josh Allen essentially went backwards. Went backwards uh, because he, he became basically, for all intents and purposes, Brett Favre. That is who Josh Allen is today. But the, the end of last season, that was not the case. He looked like the best team, best quarterback in the NFL. And at times, he looks like that. But this season, he went backwards. He went backwards to being like Favre. We're like, yeah, you have all those bright spot moments and, and all those you know, highlight reels. But then you had a lot of boneheaded plays. And you had a lot of like questionable decisions. And in... When it came, you know, full circle to the uh, the Chiefs game, or sorry, the the Bengals game. But real quick, before that, look, also injuries played a key role, and and you know, let's be honest, like they definitely accumulated a number of of of, of injuries. But regardless, 
when it got to the Bengals game, what really happened is, is that what really got truly exposed. And this is also something that, you know, I knew, I knew, I, I love Burrow just as much as everybody else. He's one of the more likable guys, without a doubt. Uh, and, you know, but when, when it comes to raw talent, right, as far as the physical athleticism, you know, Allen is just a different beast. And so Allen had kind of elevated himself above Mahomes and Burrow and the rest of the crew, right? But what wound up happening is, is that in, in the game against the Bengals, what we saw was that the better quarterback won. And, what, and, 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 and that, that's just the truth. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback right now. And it's, it has to do with the fact that he is, he is the Joe Montana of this era in the sense that he is, he's smarter. He's more in tune. He's more in control. He's more confident. He's just, he's, he's in complete control of the football game. Like, and, and I, I remember, um, I remember that, uh, you know, I think that the moment where I officially realized it is that I already was well aware of, you know, his, his laser focus. Um, and I'm talking about Joe Burrow is that I, I'm well aware. Uh, and I, you know, I, I've, I've been in tune with that ever since I first saw him then when he was, you know, in college with LSU and it, but it wasn't until I remember Carmen uh, saying to me, she looked at me when we were watching the game and she's like, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but Joe just seems different. Like he just like, like, like when you look at him, you just, you just know that like, there's just something, he's just got it. Like he's just like, and, and I completely agree. Like, he he has complete and utter laser focus. It's intimidating. He's an extremely intimidating, which is ironic because of of the the guys. He's the he's he's not the most athletic. He's he's the least athletic of the bunch. But yet he is the best because he he has that next level of understanding. And like if you watch, it was night and day where. He was in complete control of the short game and knowing when to throw it, you know, to the sideline, when to go deep, when to just, you know, kill it, when to, you know, run, do anything. He was always a step ahead. Meanwhile, Josh Allen was just trying to play Superman on every single play. I don't know how many times it would be like third down, third down in like two or three, and he's throwing a deep ball. Like what? Right, like, and and don't get me wrong, like it it works for him some of the times, but it doesn't change the fact that, like, look, the best quarterbacks are equal parts a game changer and then also a difference maker when it matters most. But it starts with the game manager. You have to be in control, right? And it was exposed emphatically in that game. So it will be really, really interesting what happens to the Bills next season. But either way. The point is, is that I'm giving the bill a B minus. I'm going all the way down to a B minus. I can't technically go below that because look, they made the playoffs, made the divisional round again, similar to the Cowboys. Like you may get that far, 
it still is somewhat of, uh, somewhat of a success. And I know in the case of the Bills, they wanted so much more. They wanted to win it all. So it is a letdown, 100%. But at least made it that far. At least baby steps. But it doesn't change the fact that this was a catastrophe. You know, like it just, they, they got exposed. You know, coaching, Allen, and, and then the, the team around them. The fact of the matter is, is that it turns out that there's not as much talent on that team as we think. It turns out that the defense, which has been exposed from, from big games over the last, you know, two seasons, that they're not as good as their stat line says. That's the weird thing about them. They're weird because the stats or the eye test will say one thing. But at the end of the day, you know, like, they're just not as good as they actually are. And it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. What, what they really have going against them is the very funky uh, rule and stat line in the NFL, which is, is that no combination of coach and uh, quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl past the fifth-year mark. And that was Alan McDermott's fifth year. So this was the year. And then I just, I, 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 don't, I don't know where they go from here. I, 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 they have to regroup. Um, and, and they definitely have the talent to do so, but it starts with the coaching staff. And, it, and after that, it gets back to Allen understanding that he needs to become a game manager. Look, otherwise it's going to become, he is, he's Favre or, um, uh, Cam Newton, right? Another big athlete, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, all these guys that were big and strong and had a rocket arm and, and were, were gunslingers right? And athletic, right? Didn't have a whole lot of success, now did they? Right? So, you know, it will it will be interesting to see what storyline comes, but, but that one was damaging. The way that Burrow outclassed Allen, I fully admit that was unbelievable. Um, so, anywho, let's, let's now finally get to the teams that are still in it. Four teams left. 49ers at Eagles. Bengals at Chiefs. Let's, let's go in order, right? 49ers at Eagles. <laughs> Jalen Hurts against Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Well, yeah, I think it's safe to say that Jalen Hurts definitely has the advantage there. Uh, and But really, think the thing that's really fascinating, but really, quite frankly, you know, all four of these games, is the sheer level of talent at the skill position play uh, um, positions all across the board for both of these two games unfreaking believable i mean the eagles and 49ers i mean it would be hard to choose what the top you know 20 players are i mean they're pretty much all all um you know all americans i mean it's just unbelievable how stacked both of these rosters are and it's not coincidence as to why they're the teams as the representatives in the NFC championship game. Because these were by far, although we didn't know that about the Eagles, we already knew that about the 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 um the 49ers. And even though it was so incredibly tempting, me including, to want to still ride with the old dogs, the Chiefs, so to speak, the the Chiefs as far as the you know the quarterbacks and and uh with the Bucks uh you know, Tom and, and Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, right? Like, we thought that they were going to have a say, right? That we knew how talented 
the, the uh, 49ers were. But we also knew that they were in a turmoil situation with their quarterback position, quarterback, and so we didn't really know what to expect with them. We knew how talented they were across the board, but we didn't know what that was going to look like. Uh, and then with case with the Eagles, the Eagles, Eagles just kind of shot out of the cannon and they never looked back. Sure, they were hobbling in a little bit at the tail end, but then they got right back into it and they're back to their dominant form. So you got two dominant teams that are coming in sky high. You know, the Eagles have shown over the course of the season that they were extremely, extremely dominant. They are, you know, strong, they are athletic, and they have outmatched their opponent in almost every single game, except for, you know, that, you know, the, the stint, you know, the tail end, like we were saying. In the case of the 49ers, the 49ers had a rough start, as we know. I mean, look, ultimately, they've, they've had to go through three different starting, starting quarterbacks. And so that always is difficult, right? Particularly, you know, in the, in the beginning, right? So, but now, uh, you know, they've been, they, are, they have been the hottest team in the NFL. They've had the longest win streak coming into this point. So they are equally just as confident. Both teams are coming in immensely confident. And they also, for the first time, are meeting their equivalent, their match. Because both teams are just as strong, athletic, fast, and determined. This is an all-out war. I cannot wait for this game. Full disclosure, I'm actually more excited about this game than I am the Bengals and Chiefs because I feel like I feel like this is just going to be just a this is going to be a, a man's game. Like this is going to be just pound for pound, ugly, you know, intense. Uh, just you know, it's going to be cutthroat. It's going to be it's going to be you know just it's it's going to be a war. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, and I also think that it just, they just completely evenly matched across the board. Obviously, the headliner is it's Hurts versus Purdy. And it really is probably going to come down to that. I don't want to have to go down to just that, just the, the two players. But because, you know, both of the teams just have so much talent across the board on offense and defensively, that you you ultimately have to give the eggs edge to the Eagles. I I said that you know the 49ers were the best team coming into the playoffs. I said they were the best team. I've been high on them, thinking that they were going to go to the Super Bowl weeks and weeks ago, right? Uh, probably earlier than than most people, right? I in fact, as soon as they got McCaffrey, I announced, even the week before, when it officially was announced before they even played, I said, the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Because this now has become the most athletic, skill, position-driven team maybe ever. Because when you, when you put their skill players onto that field, it is impossible to, to defend them. Now, the Eagles happen to have the roster to be able to at least attempt to. And the 49 but and so this is this is where it gets interesting. I think that both teams are gonna find it difficult because they're gonna eat each other are gonna make it difficult. In fact, 
one of two things is going to happen in this game. Either it's going to be an absolute slugfest, and it's going to be like a like almost like a nine to six kind of game, super low scoring, or it's going to be a high flying uh, one. Because one of those two things is going to happen. It's not going to be in the in in the middle. I have a feeling that it's going to be either a really high scoring game or a really low, really low scoring game. Um, when it comes down to it, though, the Eagles have the advantage because they have the advantage in quarterback and they have the advantage of being home field. That's it. That's ultimately why they have have the advantage. Now, come to my pick. I think that I'm going to remain with that. I'm going to change what I have been saying up to this point because I, I saw the Eagles being back and I didn't know that they would be back in time. And they're back, baby. And because of that, coupled with the fact that I've seen now Brock Purdy as great of a story as he has been, I have seen him struggle in certain moments within each of the games. The first half of the Seahawks, right? And, you know, against the, the Cowboys, it kind of was a struggle for him. It really was. Guess what? The Eagles are a better defense. And they got speed. They got athleticism. It's going to be a nightmare for him. And I just think, and again, the stat line, no rookie quarterback has ever taken his team to a Super Bowl. There's a reason why that's never happened before. And I think it will remain the case. And they're going to come up short. And I think it's going to be ultimately because he's going to, he's going to make a, just a few too many mistakes. I think it's going to come down to that. I think he's still going to have a good, goodish game, and they're gonna they're gonna be you know right there. But I think that at the end of the day, I just think that it's going to come down to Hertz having more control in the same way. In fact, this is how the way they look at it. It's basically the Bills versus the Bengals game. The Bengals, Joe Burrow, in this case, Hertz is going to be in control versus Purdy is going to play Allen's role and be a little bit reckless. And he's going to have some moments. But he's also going to have some um, some unfortunate moments. So in the end, I'm going to go with the Eagles. So uh, well, I, I hope I, I hope I'm wrong just also for the sake of the, you know, keeping at least something <laughs> uh, right that I, that I call right when it comes to the 49ers and just the incredible story, right? No matter what happens, uh, incredible story for both of the teams, and, and no matter what, either way. Uh, okay, so and let's let's give a score. Okay, so I'll go with the score being, I'll say, uh, nine to thirteen. Okay, on to the Bengals at the Chiefs. The Chiefs want revenge, and Mahomes seems to be. His ankle seems to be fine. We don't know until until that moment. Look, when you're younger, you can heal a lot, a lot faster. So I don't know if that's going to matter too much. And you know he's still going to put in, you know, uh, all the effort. So I think the uh, this game is is just it's it's it really comes down to this. It comes down to the fact that Patrick Mahomes has outplayed virtually everybody 
except Joe Burrow. He desperately wants to flip that script. But as anybody knows, say Manning knows this with, with, with Brady, because it was very difficult for him for a while. It took a very long time uh, and you know, before he was really able to break through. Right? It is very difficult to flip the script, uh, especially at this time in, 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 in you know, a short span of time. Right? So Mahomes is desperate, and that's either going to fuel him to, to play his best game he's ever played, or it's going to be the same Mahomes with the same pattern where he's not quite to the extent of Allen and therefore a gunslinger and makes the mistakes. But he is surprisingly a little bit like that. He does have a tendency to try to do a little bit too much from time to time. Reed and the coaching staff has done a great job at disarming him, but he still can be alarming at times. And one of those two things is going to happen. Uh, on the flip side, in the case with, you know, Burrow is going to be his typical, complete, confident, cocky self. He's going to be in complete control. He's going to be Burrow. He only knows one way to be, and he's going to be himself. So Mahomes is going to have to outplay him. Nobody has been able to do that against Joe since he's been in the league, right? Outside of the year where he got hurt, he has been the team. He has been, he's been the quarterback, and the Bengals have been the team to beat. We, we underestimate just how impressive that is. What he has accomplished is downright incredible. And it's remarkable what, what, what they have been able to accomplish instantaneously when getting Burrow. It's just unbelievable how that has happened. So you know that they are coming in hot and ready to go. Now, they are again going to be you know, the away team, which you know that they are fueled by the fact that they feel like they got snubbed, snubbed because they didn't get the opportunity to get um, the neutral field. So you know that they're using that to fuel. So both teams are fueled. You know that. So that's even. But this is what it really comes down to. And it's the reason why I'm going with one team over the other. At the end of the day, remember, the Bengals, as much as we just talked about how they have Kansas City's number, and you know how the stat lines, like that's just how things go. Patterns are patterns, and they're there for a reason. However, what is unique about this instant is, is that, remember, the Bengals are missing three starting offensive linemen. And yes, they played out of their mind against the Bills. But that's the thing that's funny about sports is, is that it's any given Sunday. That phrase is for a reason. It's because for every amazing game against one opponent, guess what? It's a completely new game the next time around against another opponent. And there is no reason to not think that for every reason why it went so well against the Bills is the same reason why it's going to probably go so wrong against the Chiefs. Now, it's ironic 
because between the two, you would have thought that it would have been the Bills. The Bills had the offensive line, uh, the, the defensive line to be able to do that. And that's even without uh, Von Miller, right? We thought that they were going to be able to control and dictate. It wound up being the other way around. I'm going out on a whim and thinking that it's going to be the opposite. I think the Chiefs are going to control the line of scrimmage. And I also think it's going to happen because I think that Hubbard and Hendricks, the great uh, defense alignment for the Bengals, who are a massive, massive part of their success. We forget how good the defense and the Bengals are. I think that they're going to be coming into the game, I hate to say it, exhausted. Uh, and I just think that they're, I think that ultimately in the trenches, the Chiefs are going to win that. I also think that Pochito, uh, Pochito, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but the, the rookie running back for the Chiefs and the rest of the players and this mentality of toughness that the Chiefs, this new version of the Chiefs, remember, they had to step up their game. They had to win in a different way when losing Hill and losing all that speed and that you know game-changing plays. They had to get dirty. And, and in the trenches, they had to get stronger and more intimidating and more just, you know, more in control of their destiny, so to speak. And that's what I've seen now with the Chiefs. And I think that they, I think that the uh, Bengals are going to meet their match. Here's the other reason why I'm actually now even more confident that I do think it will be the Chiefs. It's because, remember, the Bengals should not even be in this position. For as much as we want to glowingly talk about how amazing Burrow was in the game against the Bills, but I also want to remind that it's not the end of the world for Josh Allen or the Bills because, remember, for all that went wrong in that game, guess what? The same thing happened to the Bengals. The Bengals lost to their rival in the the Ravens. Ravens win that game if um, Huntley does not make that boneheaded play and trying to put the football over the line. If that doesn't happen, if he just sneaks it or gives the Dobbins, they are winning that game. And the Bengals have a disappointment season. And none of this happens, right? So I also am using that as my reasoning that I think that the Chiefs are going to act like the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the Ravens. I think they're going to play just as tough in the trenches as what Ravens did, and that caused the Bengals all, all sorts of fits. And I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm calling it. I think it will be the Chiefs against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And at this moment, um, I, as far as who is going to win the Super Bowl, that one, I mean, it's hard to, you know, like, I haven't really spent, spent too much time thinking about it. And since these are now completely new teams that I'm going with, this is new territory for me. So I, you know, without thinking too much about it, um, just, you know, quickly trying to think it through here. So you got... I mean that it's a it's a tough it's a tough call, um, but you know what? I got it. I'm gonna stick with the Eagles, and here's why. One of the ways that I use as the way that I help help 
and have such a high percentage of predicting who goes to the Super Bowl and who wins it all more often than not. Again, got it wrong this year. So sue me. It happens. Still sucks because, of course, the coincidence is the one time I finally actually put money down and sure enough, but I knew that. I knew that going in. As soon as, as, soon as I put the butt on, as soon as afterwards, I knew. I knew. Just that's how the universe seems to work. But regardless, it doesn't change the fact that one of the key parts is that you need to have a momentum-changing lift by a new shift of, of direction, addition, something that changes the team significantly. And I think that that falls in place with the Eagles more than it does with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, yes, they were forced to have to make changes, but they almost had to just strategize a completely different way. Whereas the Eagles... They built into a new um, new direction, but also added new additions, most notable in Brown and the wide receiver. And I feel like that's that significant asterisk that, cha- that, that creates that kind of confidence. Now, if it ends up being the 49ers, I would go for them for the same reason. In that case, that asterisk is McCaffrey. But we already talked about I'm going with Eagles um, in that case. So I'm going with, in this point, uh, the Eagles. So that's a wrap. Sunday can't come soon enough. Enjoy the games responsibly. And remember, clear mind, strong body, good heart. We are a theon.